Paul's writings about that coming. He talks about it being a joyful time. He talks about it looking forward to it. And he was, in fact, in the way he had written, and in fact, at one time in his life, he struggled whether to go or stay in a hard place in a rock. He knew that being absent from the body, he said, would be present with the Lord. And talks about it that with joy, with excitement, with assurance that he was ready wrote to the Romans that now there is no more condemnation. He knew who he was. He knew who his savers was. He knew what side of the line he was going to fall on. Wasn't no waver in his heart or life or ministry. Had a walk with God, fellowship with Him. But He probably spent as much time, if not more time, and what we would consider sorrows and heartaches and disappointments and struggles and in prisons, being beaten up, being stoned to death, and from one extreme to the other, left out in the deep. Couldn't get the right hand of fellowship, and man, the list just goes on. But it didn't discourage him, the one that showed himself to him that day on the road to Damascus. He just kept on marching. He just kept on believing. Looking forward to the coming of the Lord. I wonder if any of those in that time would ever dream that it would still be 2,000 years later and plus a little. He still haven't come, but he's coming. He's coming. And he's coming after a bride that's made herself ready. That's without blemish, that's without spot, that has considered herself, examined herself on a regular basis. Allowed judgment at the house of God. Never wanted to ever stop it. Let it come. Because if that's what it's going to take, then God bring it on. Because I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Got your Bibles tonight. Turn to 1 Timothy 5 and 17. We're going to continue on tonight. The Lord allow us and help us. We're going to talk about doctrine, but maybe just in a, we're going to, we're going to approach it just a little different, maybe. We're going to deal with this verse and what it instructs us. And, and this may help us with some of our answers tonight. And where we at and what's going on around us. 1 Timothy 5 and 17. Let the elders, plural, that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. 
especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Who labor in the word doctrine. They was willing to work at it. It was a, I guess you could say in one sense it was a job to them. They was committed to it. They wouldn't let anything else to take up their time and energy. They didn't do a whole lot of other activities from what I can grasp and comprehend. In fact, the first disciples, whenever the business came up with some of the widows not being treated fair, they decided to let them choose out some, some holy men. Some men that was full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, and full of faith, and turned the business over to them. That might have been offensive to some in our day. Because they'd have told that pastor, you ain't got time for me. I don't have time for you. I'll just go somewhere else. <laughs> but they all knew they was in a new work. They was in a work that was multiplying quickly. Men was being brought in, women, from all walks of life by the thousands. In just a few short days. They didn't have a single building. They didn't have a single organization. <laughs> they didn't have too many, amen, pastors or too many evangelists or wasn't a whole lot set up yet. They just knew that something happened and it was powerful and beautiful. And it was moving them. They learned quickly how to reverence it and respect it. Because there is activities happened in the book of Acts. I'm telling you, it got the attention of the people. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We ask you to help us. I love your people. They love you. They wouldn't be here tonight on this Wednesday night. We're thankful for each one that's put forth the effort and the energy to be in this house. God, we're asking you to help us. Help us to take a few moments tonight to just to break forth the word of God and to allow it to penetrate in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Now, God, you know that we can't do this by ourselves. If we could do this by ourselves, there wouldn't have been no need of Jesus. There wouldn't have been no need of the Holy Ghost. There wouldn't have been no need of this Bible. But God, you know we can't do this by ourselves. We ask Him for your grace and compassion and mercy. God, we haven't learned how to do this. So we want you to anoint us. We want you to move in this house in just a few minutes here. And help us with a few words, amen, to plant it in the hearts and the souls and the minds of your people. We want the milk to be in the bottles and the meat to be on the forks. But God, everybody in the house will be fed and uplifted by the power of your word as we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, God bless you and you may be seated. I know it's Wednesday night. And I know how difficult that can be sometimes. Been running from Dan to Bathsheba and one thing after another in the world and the times that we're living in. Man's looking for other means and resources to find better strength and energy and things of this nature. We, we pull from pills and from whatever source it might be, man, to help us along the way. So I understand that. We're in earthen vessels, and man, sometimes and that's not what we'd like for them to be. But, um, but I want to spend a few minutes tonight and uh, 
this particular scripture where Paul's writing it to Timothy. You know this already. Uh, Timothy, a man, is a young pastor, and uh, he's done, we done talked about his age and, and things of this nature went on and how that Timothy started out early with Paul and, and Timothy was used as a part of his team at many times. And now this is going to be left to Timothy and Titus, especially the pastoral epistles is what they're related unto as. And uh, how to set up the church, how to organize it, how to keep it promoted and going and doing things decent in order. Uh, to be pleasing to God because they're going to deal with people. They're going to deal with devils. They're going to deal with different ideas and opinions. They're going to deal with the Judaizers. They're going to deal with different ones coming from Jerusalem. Different ones coming from different walks of life and their ideas and their opinions. And how much more of that has increased in the last 2,000 years. Amen. We still got the same book. We still got the same writings. But we got more beliefs and ideas and opinions. And, and a lot of people relate to that. Amen. It says, well, that's just your opinion. And if that's all it is, well, that's all it is. But if mine or your opinion, amen, is backed up with the word of God, that's not an opinion. That's the word of God and it changes the outcome of it. Because when it's the word of God, I told somebody yesterday, we don't have the power, I don't have the power, and nobody else has the power to change the word of God. It's forever settled in the heavens. Regardless if you believe it or if you don't believe it, your belief and unbelief still doesn't change the word of God. Amen. So I thank God for the word tonight, but not only the word of God but I thank God for men of God and women of God and we're going to talk about that to a certain degree tonight amen because vessels of God I personally believe when you look at this particular scripture here I don't believe he's necessarily talking to those that graces the pulpit why do you say that because he dealt with them previous chapters called bishops and he gave 18 uh, things to that would qualify and disqualify them as bishops, overseers. I believe when he gets to this point in place, it's any, let me ask it. Boy, I'm fixing. How many ever consider yourself an elder? Does anybody in this house consider yourself an elder? Thank you, Sister Moore. Thank you, Sister Diane, Sister Glenda. Where's the rest of you? How long does it take to be an elder? How long does it take a man to start start to... Uh, <laughs> how old you got to be to drink? 21. How old you got to be to go in the military? 18. 17. If you're lucky. Very few. Very, very few. goes at 17. Because most of them's not even out of high school. Well, I don't mean to stir up nothing, but anyway. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm failing big here as a pastor. That I didn't get no more hands than that. Consider yourself an elder. And you've been under my leadership for 27 years. Just how long does it take to become an elder? 27 years, you can go to all the schooling, both in, from grammar school to high school, colleges, doctor schools, and everything else. Am I right? Y'all know anybody that's went to 27 years of schooling? I'd expect this. Okay, this 
ain't part of the notes. I just expected a better result, result, amen, or some of you call. I tell you what, you don't mind telling some sometimes I'm your elder. When you want to be the boss and you want it your way, you don't mind telling them then that you're the elder and you know what's best. I ain't jumping on nobody, I'm just telling us. Okay. <laughs> Age doesn't necessarily mean you're an elder. And I don't mean that in, in the older part. I mean as young. I believe Timothy was an elder. Where he's at now in position and the time he spent with Paul and being schooled and being instructed and, and having the experience that he's got. Amen. He, 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 would, he was probably considered an elder. Amen. Even though some of them, you know, wrestled with his age. Probably the ones that done that. So those that come from Judah that was older than him that kept wanting to circumcise everybody. Or to keep adding doctrines that was not, amen, what it took to be, be uh, and I hate to use the word saved, but amen, to experience Pentecost would be a better, a better term. Amen. Because that's what this is really all about. Experiencing Pentecost. 50. Amen. Experiencing the Holy Ghost. And then we start on an avenue. And we start progressing. And we start growing. And we start becoming a man. You see Winston tonight? That's not strange. And that's not odd. He ought to be sucking that bottle. Amen. He ought to get it whenever he wants it. It don't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. He don't care if mom and daddy just got in the bed. He don't care if the chickens have been out all night. They've been up tending to them all night. He don't care about that. It's just natural for him to do that. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what, when he gets 18, I promise you, Jaron's still not going to be holding him in his arms and putting a bottle in his mouth. If he is, there's something mentally wrong with him. There's a lackness somewhere. Oh, come on, I'll preach to you. Amen. I'm telling you, it's ever been a time you and I, we better start becoming elders because you're not going to survive this end time, amen, until you start getting the word of God and the power of God and the authority of God and the love of God and the spirit of God saturated in your heart saturated in your mind you got to get excited about it it may be wisdom now there's something about this Holy Ghost there's something about the house of God there's something about being in this place that stirs up something in there you know I didn't know it's in me but all of a sudden God starts stirring it up there's a life and an energy amen that gets a hold of us in this house so uh, and this may this may be a little out of my lead I'll just be honest with you but, but I, I, I believe can I say this? How many of you believe that we have the respect for elders that we had 50 years ago? Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm getting, some, getting better at this. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We don't have the respect for law officers. We don't have respect at school. <laughs> I remember at time, I'm going to say this, I'm not throwing nothing at nobody. Okay? I remember a time, amen, if, if I got a whipping at school and mom and daddy found out I got one, I got home. They didn't call the teacher up and blessed them out and said, my little darling didn't do that. I'm fixing to come pay you a visit. But what's happened that's robbed us of, of honor and respect, amen. And so it's creeped its way. It don't just stay in one area in some isolated place, honey. It's creeped its way in. So even, can I say this? We don't have the fear of the word of God that we once did. Neither the men of God are the vessels of God. 
Because Paul's writings to Timothy here helps us to understand that those that labor in the word of God. How many of you believe that all that laboring should just be to the pastor? You, 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 boy, y'all doing better. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. It shouldn't be. If you're gonna win souls, and if you're gonna, you got to, you got to dig in. You got to spend some time. I'm not asking for a show of hand, but how many in this house spend some time in the Word of God every single day of your life? Thank you, Michael. <laughs> he raised his. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're probably going to get hit with it when you get home. No, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> I'm just kidding you, man. You're all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of discouraging the plans here. But, but uh, as we look at some of this, and, and I could, if you, you can, you can go back and look at 1 Timothy, the third chapter. I'm not going to take you there. I didn't give him that scripture. But you can go back and look at that, that bishop. And if, I'm, if my memory serves me right, there's about 18 things that qualify and disqualify. Okay. And then when we get here and we get to 1 Timothy 5 and 17. And he talks about the elders that have rule. Amen. How many of you believe that, um, watch this. And I didn't go back and search this and I should have. But uh, it didn't hit me until one of these others. Moses, amen. And with Jethro and whenever he came to him, the father-in-law. And because Moses was wearing himself out and the people. Because Moses was trying to take care of every little detail and every little situation. And so he finally sets it up. He says, come on, let's put some over, over, you know, actually, I'm just going to use my own terms here. I put some over a thousand, some over a hundred, some over 50, some over 10. And it, according to the situation, then who it goes up to and who's responsible and that, that kind of situation. And so that helps us to understand. Now watch this. I'm going to go back to my Sunday school lesson just a little bit. Amen. To help lay some of this down. And, and I'm kind of getting ahead of my myself in a way but uh, but I, I want to lay some of this down let's go back to, to Saul and let's go back to Samuel and when Samuel goes and he's going to get Jesse's sons and I mentioned this to you and I watched some of you grab your Bible we begin to look at him and when you go to first Samuel's and you look at 16 and 4 and I don't think you got scripture that's all right don't worry about it but 16 and 4 and Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the town Did you know your spiritual leaders? How many ever heard the statement, you're the priest of your household? How many of you believe that the man, and if he don't have one, then the wife or the mother is? Responsible for the spiritual uh, situation of your household. So you would be considered the elder. And it doesn't matter if you're 18, 19. What do you mean by that? How old was you when you got married and started your own house? You might have been 24. 25. Some of us jumped out there early. Some of us was 19 and 18. <laughs> 44 years ago, coming the 7th of this month. Sometimes my wife says, they're too young to get married. they this and they that. And I have to remind her, how old was you? She said, we well, was more mature back then. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But guess what? I was still responsible from that moment, that time. 
a man, as a, a elder or an overseer and, and, and spiritual leader in my home and in my house. Amen. And, and, and I have the authority and the power. I can either, either crush or, or I can advance, amen, what goes on in the local assembly that I attend to on a regular basis. Amen. It doesn't matter how powerful my pastor was, how anointed he was. Amen. I could get home and, and, and destroy every bit of it with a lack of honor and double honor. By not enforcing or not standing true, especially when it was the word of God. Especially when we started having children. And I started letting them do things and go places and get involved in things. Amen. Contrary to what the man of God had told us by the anointing of the word of God. It didn't matter if I liked it, believe it. And it didn't matter if Jack was doing it up the road and Bill was doing it others way. That didn't make any difference whatsoever. I was obligated to that pastor. I was obligated to that lordship and leadership. But I'm telling you, dishonor, amen, has crept this way here. Hallelujah, that you can't hardly get nobody to, to really honor the positions. You know. Now, some of that's our fault. Okay? You can be seized. I promise you, some of that's our fault. There's behind pulpits of this day and time, there's all shapes and forms and fashions and kinds and <laughs> tell you what you want to hear. Tell you, you know, just from one extreme to the other. Okay? But Samuel, and I mentioned this Sunday morning, but the elders, listen to what the elders done. The elders of the town trembled at his coming. I can remember this movement used to have a few guys when they come through. Some wouldn't show up. <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't around with some of those guys, but I've heard them talk about it. It was a blind guy that used to come through and get blind, couldn't see nothing, but he could call you out, tell you what color dress or what color suit you had on and tell you what kind of sin. He didn't call you out and say, man, you're doing great hardly ever. I understand it right. All the stories I hear, he calls them out and say, hey, you're living in adultery. You're shacking up with this and you're doing that and you're doing. <laughs> I ain't trying to beat up nobody. I'm just simply telling you. God has got the ministry and the fivefold ministry. And sometimes, you know, where that honor comes. You know why Peter and them affected their community? Amen. One of the greatest revivals they had is when Aquila and Priscilla had lied to the Holy Ghost. Buddy, I'm telling you right then, son, they, was, they, had, some, they had a revival after that. Now, I'm not interested in any of that happening here. I'm just telling you, amen, that's, that's where. But there's a price I've got to pay. And I'm, I'm, God help me, I'm going to work on that. Because that one thing keeps just rolling over and over and over in my mind that my wife told me about what was said about a minister, uh, how often he fasted, how much time he spent in prayer, and how much time he spent in the Word of God on a daily basis. Amen. And so, so we watch this. And we, we can go back and what I talk about. But let's go back to them. So we can see here that the Spirit of God is going to be poured out upon all flesh. And, and elders and the, the servants and maids. And all of these are going to receive the Holy Ghost. And the power of God in their lives. And, and so we start going to work on some things. So if you would just. I'm going, to, I'm going to work on some areas here. Let's go to Matthew 24, 45 and 47. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? 
a faithful and wise servant. This is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Amen. The due time and season, the responsibility to give them meat and, and bless them and help them and direct them. And I'd love to spend a lot more time in this particular chapter, but I won't. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. So find doing what? Continue in this process. Amen. Of what? Searching the scriptures. Studying them out. Amen. Learning them. Amen. There's never no ending place. I told somebody in their Last, just last few days, amen, even Bishop Odin will tell you he's still learning. In fact, he encourages us. He's been in the ministry for over 60 years, and he says there's no place of quitting. There's no place of stop studying and stop praying. Amen. He said you better stay with it. You still keep digging in. There's things that God's can reveal to you and, and, and enlightening to you, amen, as you live for God and things of this nature. Amen. But I remember hearing one preacher say one thing. He says, well, when you think you've got real ripe, he said, you know what the next stage is, don't you? You go from being real ripe to start rightening. So I, I'm not right tonight. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not interested in rightening. In fact, I read the word of God and it says, man, if I don't feel him and don't love his statutes and principles, it causes a rightness into my bones. Hallelujah. You know what? I don't want rightness in my bones. I want the solid word of God and the power thereof that even on a Wednesday night, I may have drugged my carcass in here, but it was worth dragging it in here. Amen. To hear the word of God and call on Jesus to spend a little time with my brothers and sisters and give him some glory and praise and honor. I may not have the strength and energy to run and dance and do all I like to do, but I'm in the house. I made the effort to be in here. And I thank God for each one of you because we could do like the denominal world. They cut out midweek services. They cut out almost having two services on Sunday. They about to cut church out. But I think we ought to have more church. Had time coming, we need to gather together more and, 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 and go from house to house and break them the bread and things of this nature. My wife said she's going to get started with the ladies and they're going to start, amen, having some Bible study and times together, amen, instead of just having fun nights, which is nothing wrong with that, just have a mixture of it. But that's what it's going to take, amen, spending time together and talking and, 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 and coming together. But uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to help us out, okay? You know, one of the most important things of that to be successful. I'm going to help you now before you ever get started. You've got to honor one another. It can't be a mudslinging contest. It can't be stone for stone and railing for railing. You're watching I get through here tonight. I'm telling you, there's a lack of that, that honor and respect to one another. That's my brother. That's my sister. I'm going to be very careful what I say and how I say it. In fact, God, I want to make sure I'm saying it in the right season, in the right time. There's a season. There's a time for all things. That's what Ecclesiastes has taught us. You can be dead right, but in the wrong time and be dead wrong. <laughs> and our, our spirits can be wrong. Our attitudes can be wrong. And so as, as you move from that and go to Luke 40, 12 and 42, and the Lord said... He then is that what faithful and wise steward. Not a servant here, but a steward. A faithful steward. There's nothing that you and I can be more faithful with than the word of God. Spending time in that word. Studying it. Learning it for ourselves. Helping others with it. Joining with others. Talking about it. Amen. Learning the doctrine itself. Learn, remember what the scripture is all about. Those that gave themselves. Amen. To the reading and the studying of the word of God. And to doctrine. Not just memorizing scriptures. 
but understanding what those scriptures are informing us and telling us. I'm amazed sometimes I hear others talking and they quote some of the same scriptures. Amen. In, in that quoting of the same scriptures, man, they, they're so far out there, they don't really have a clue what they're saying. Somebody was telling me the other day that one somebody, amen, they, 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 was, they was preaching, their pastor was preaching or doing something and somebody was going to challenge him, the brother-in-law, amen, who was telling me that? I don't know if it's out of the church, somebody somewhere was telling me that uh, um, the brother-in-law was a Baptist preacher and he was going to come. He said, I'm fixing to straighten your pastor out. I want to meet with him. Amen. That was Brother Goldare. I remember now, Brother Goldare talking about it. Amen. He's talking about, hey, I'm going to straighten you out. And so, you know, when he got there and started, all of it started unfolding. Amen. The, the, the Baptist preacher said, I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, guess what? He used Matthew 28 and 19. And after he gave that to him, he gave him the interpretation. That Baptist preacher looked at him and said, man, that was my scripture. That was one I was going to start with. Amen. In just a few minutes, man, he said, that's enough, man. I need you to baptize me in Jesus' name right now. Let's go in there and get baptized. I'm persuaded. I'm going to tell you something. If you've got a love for God and love for the Word of God, I'm telling you, lights come on. Revelation starts happening. Hallelujah. But you've got to want to be saved. And you ought to want to stay in a raptured condition. But it's up to your passion. It's up to your love. You can have the greatest preacher. You can have Jesus Christ in this house. Passing you every day. But if you don't really love this and love this gospel and love this Word, He can't save you. God couldn't turn Cain around. Okay, I'm just trying to help us. So, so this is where we got to get. I got to get back to that place. I'm going to honor the word of God. I'm going to honor the vessels of God. Whoever they might be. First Thessalonians 5 and 12 and 13. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to use more than just that part of that scripture. So I'm going to turn over to it. Amen. And, and I'm probably going to use it again maybe. But we'll see. Time allows. And when you look at it in First uh, Thessalonians, fifth, the fifth chapter, I want to read down the key verses, Acts 12 and 13. Okay? Praise God. I'm going to back up just a little bit. All right. All right. But watch this. And here's the reason. This, this writing of Thessalonians also is dealing with the end time. Go back to the first verse. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord... Most of the time when that's mentioned in the scripture, especially here, the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Amen. So cometh as what? A thief in the night. So we realize he's talking about end time here. He's talking about the preparation, getting ready, you know, for that. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them. I shall upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, but we want of the day and we're of the light. So he's not going to catch us like this. He, 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 we're, we're of the light. We're of the day. We've, we've experienced the day star, folks. We've experienced the Holy Ghost. We've experienced the greatest experience that any man, woman, boy, and girl is ever going to experience on this earth. There's no drug. There's no alcohol. There's no world events. There's no family. There's no nothing else. Hallelujah. Can top a man being endued with the power of the Holy Ghost and taste the goodness of God and sitting in heavenly places. I'll tell you, there's no events in that world out there that ought to come anywhere close to coming to the house of God and worshiping and magnifying Jesus. If your passion is greater for some of those things, you better check your line. You better check your passion. You better find your Lord and repent and get the victory over it. So as you move on down through all that and you go to the 12th verse, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and abonish you. Again, I don't believe he's just talking about pastors of the fivefold ministry here. The Bible's told us let the elders teach the younger. Man, to be an example. 
Can I ask you again tonight? How many of you consider yourself an elder? Thank you for some more hands. We're working on it. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. If you had the Holy Ghost more than 10 years, you're, you're an elder to somebody in this house. If you was raised in the church and you've had the Holy Ghost most of your life and you're anywhere between 25 and up, you considered an elder to most of these young people and children in this house. And you've got to start acting like an elder and conducting yourself like an elder because you're an elder in their life and your decisions and directions and attitudes and conduct can mean heaven or hell to them can mean whether they're going to stay in the church or get out amen so that's what I'm trying to get us to understand here we got a lot of grown up people hallelujah I'm telling you I, you know what I was never interested in having you know four or five kids at one time God have mercy on everyone who dies, huh? you know, but uh, hallelujah, same way here. You know, we want a revival. We want two or three hundred people. But you know what? It's like if you ain't careful here, don't be offensive. I'm fixing to say, but if you got a hundred people, brand new people, the Holy Ghost in this house, huh? hallelujah. You know what? I'm going to give them your numbers. I can't answer a hundred phone calls every night. In fact, it ought to be some of us, especially if we call ourselves an elder, to say, reach out and get them under your, get them under your wings, get them under your arms and say, hey, hey, I, 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 God, you lead me to one of them. I, I want to help tend to this one. I want to help, I'm going to help this and amen. I want it to be, I want to be a full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the love of God. Amen. I, I don't want the enemy, amen, to slip in because somebody ain't cared about them. Somebody ain't been concerned about them. And they feel like nobody loves them because I'm going to tell you something special. If they come in this house and none of the family's in it and they're coming out of these crack houses, they're coming out of some of these alcoholic homes and they have to go back to them homes. They don't find the love and somebody to, to cherish them and somebody to call them and somebody to, to, to spend some time with them and take them places and do this and do that. I'm telling you, they'll fall in the crack. Oh, but they should have got the Holy Ghost. All right, come on, get real. There's not many of them that can survive that. They may be a few that survives that. But how many more would survive it if, as you and I as elders to put to practice? You know what I think? How many of you got a Bible chart? How many of you have ever thought about the home Bible studies? Could be very effective. Well, I've been praying for Tyler and Justin. They both got one. But Tyler was telling me the other night, working, working on a few of those guys. And I told him, just hang in there. Sooner or later, man, they're going to say, Yeah, I, I want it. Give me one. They keep seeing them walk right and do right and live right. Amen. Already the secretary is telling Justin, I've never seen that boss, amen, handle somebody like he handles you. He don't ever cuss you and do you. He cusses all of us out, up one side and down the other. But he don't cuss you. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. Hallelujah, I know what the problem is. Amen, because he's trying to do right, trying to live right. He's seeing something, amen, in this young boy. Amen, young gentleman, hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. And God can open up doors and God can make a way. But we got to, you know what, become elders. That we're willing to take on the serpents. That we're 
we're willing to take on the battles, that we're willing to take on the struggles, and that our life is not just about us, and we're not going to let a lie just consume us. Amen. And spend over energy and effort time, amen, building our own castles and doing our own thing. Hallelujah. No, I'm in the kingdom's business. I'm in Jesus Christ's business. I'm in Heavenly Father's business. Hallelujah. That's far more important than all this other stuff. And so, amen, as an elder, I'm going to start spending some time in the book. I'm going to start spending some time praying and praying down the power of God. Praying down the move of the Holy Ghost. Praying down, amen, to know this God. To have experience with Him. To have relationship with Him. It's God's will for us to do that. To accomplish that. To achieve that. You go to 1 Corinthians 16. Now watch this. Now this is what I'm talking about. These are some guys, and I probably won't pronounce their names right. <laughs> but anyway, Paul puts them in the writing to this current church. I don't know if they ever graced the pulpit. Good possibility they didn't. They probably never preached the first revival. But listen to it. I beseech you, brethren. Now, you notice the parentheses. I guess it's, it's like that. Yes. They tell us that's additions. Okay? It's been added. The premier Bible says this is a good addition. How about that? So this is a good addition that was added right here. You know the house of, of Stephanus. Watch this. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 1 and 16. And I baptize also the household of Stephanus. <laughs> and besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. And so the first chapter, he talks about baptizing and baptizing the house of this particular family. Amen. That, uh, listen to what he says about them. He says, that is the first fruits of Achaia that they have addicted themselves Anybody ever heard the word of being addicted? We don't like that term, do we? Because most of the time when we hear that term, we associate it with what? Drugs and alcohol and things that we can that controls us and we can't control it. And so here we are, Paul's using, the translators using, talking about these three couples or families or individuals, amen, in this setting of scriptures, that they had addicted themselves to what? The ministry of the saints, amen, to minister to the saints and what it means and ways they could help. And he wasn't preaching and he wasn't preaching revivals, amen. I know, I know when you go a lot of places and you go a lot of events and they all push them for preachers and they call on all the kids to preach and, and I don't please don't be offended about that but have good strong churches honey you gotta have some help so you gotta have some government you gotta have some pillars in the house of God you gotta have some elders come on I'm preaching to us on this Wednesday night praise God you want a church that's gonna survive in this end time you want a church to have an old fashioned revival you get me some elders in this house you get me some worshipers in this house you get me some people amen that don't have to be on the platform they don't have to be in Sunday schools they don't have to be nowhere except they gotta find themselves in a way of ministry and that don't matter if it's with money or just making cakes or doing this or doing that watch what he says about them. this is in the word of God and just as important as all the other but you don't hear it preached because if we're not careful even in Pentecost we reach the place where it's got to be with glamour it's got to have certain hypes to it those hypes don't mean nothing if we're up there by ourselves God's with us. It's all right. But if he's not, it's not. Okay? And I'm not jumping on nobody. I'm just telling you what's available to us. What's, what's in here for us. And so he goes on. He says, 
that he submit yourselves unto such. He's telling, he's telling them that he's right to. He's telling the saints of God that he's right. He said, I want you to submit yourself unto them. I want you to honor them. I want you to respect them. I want you to understand that to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. They're just helpers and they're just laborers. I am glad of the coming of Cephas and Fortunatus or something of that nature. Achaeus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied where you wouldn't able. Now most believe your commentaries and things of that nature says the best they can believe. They believe that these were the, some of the same ones or the main ones that carried letters. Amen. They carried it from, from Paul to the Corinthians and things of this nature. Hallelujah. They never read the letters. They didn't do anything. They just carried it. But here we know for surety where they had lacked and where they had come up short. And that might have been now I don't believe he was rebuking them. I don't believe he was jumping on them. I just believe it was an error. They didn't have the means and the, the the way, uh, the abilities, amen, to fulfill that. But these men stepped in and they made up the likeness of it. They was willing to give. They was willing to sacrifice. They was willing to make the journey. They was willing to put themselves online. They had come addicted, amen, to what? To the ministry of the saints of God. Hallelujah. They weren't going to let them just fall in the cracks. They weren't just going to let them fall to the wayside. They was going to take out time to love them. They was going to take out time to visit them. They was going to take out time, amen, when guests sits in this pew. I will tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Shame on us when we have guests that come in here and sit on these back chairs and you walk through them doors and you walk right by them and don't say nothing on it. I'll tell you, God's greed with that. Ain't none of us so good that we can't speak to somebody. I'll tell you right now. You don't, I'll tell you what, you, ain't, you got a whole lot of Holy Ghost. It means you're lacking in it. That's right. I take out the time to speak to everybody in here. Some of if you ain't careful, you'll run run to certain ones, but the rest of them. But you know what? The rest of them that we're not willing to associate and help minister with might be the hand that you're going to need tomorrow to pull you out of the pit. Might be the hand, amen, that saved your little darling. Might be the individual, amen, that witnesses to your people. I'm not trying to be ugly here. I'm just telling you how this thing works. And it can work. God's got this thing set up to work. And everybody don't have to be a part of the fivefold ministry. Hallelujah. But there's a body that we all got to be a part of. And the body ministers to itself. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. You take people that begin to cut themselves and poke holes in their cells and cut things off. Hallelujah. What, what do we do with them? We take them to a mental institution. Amen. Because they messed up. There's something wrong. Amen. And so you know what? That's the way, same way with you and I. I'm not attacking. Brother Ford done mentioned it tonight. If I got a true love for my brother and sister, I'm not going to attack them. Hallelujah. I'm not going to bombard them. You know what? I'm going to honor this. And because you know what? If I honor this part of the member, this member, amen, may be the very part I need in just a few days down the road where I'm in trouble and need some help. And this may be the very one, the very member that God moves upon, that God wakes up at 2 o'clock in the morning and guides him into an intercessory prayer and gets a hold of the throne room of God. I'll tell you why. Because God set up an order. It's got to be loosed in heaven on earth before it can be loosed in heaven. It's got to be loosed on earth. Do you understand me? If it's not loose then God can't move no matter how bad he wants to the only way we can do that is walking in the Holy Ghost it's walking in the spirit of God see these young men like this God touching them God moving on them in such a way 
Ten years from now, people in this community will be looking around and saying, I'd have never dreamed that. I'd have never believed this. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you what, when you put things in God's hands and you stay with it and you're committed to it and you won't give up and you won't back off. Hallelujah. That's, that's what the body. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. I, I read a little article the other day in the Reader's Digest. My wife had one sitting there, so I began to read. Talked about a Marine fighting in this Marine. And, and, and he had a little dream. God gave him a little dream, a little vision that his wife was going to be expecting. And, and, and really she shouldn't have been and all this other stuff. But anyway, he told her, he said, don't get a test. Amen. I told her that morning, I said, go get a test. And sure enough, she come back. She said, guess what? I am respected. She said, yeah, we're going to have a girl. I said, God, don't show me you're going to have a girl. Amen. And so sure enough, as the pregnancy went on, come to find out, to come in one day, the, 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 the doctor come in and said, look, I've got some bad news. I said, she just got a half a heart. And they tried their best to abort, get them to abort that child. Amen. I mean, they done everything they could to get them to abort that child. That Marine said, no, we're not. We're not aborting this child. God doesn't show me a vision of her. She's going to be a pretty little girl. And we're not aborting her. We're not giving up. Amen. And so one thing led to another. And it's a pretty good length of little story as they begin to go through process after process. And finally out of all the surgeons. And I mean man, he got on the phone. He was calling these surgeons and calling different ones. Amen. To get involved and, and come to find out real close by him. There was this one guy said, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing, to, amen, to do surgery on her. And just after a day or two after being born, he began to work on her. Began to work on her body and work on that heart and help develop her. You know why? Because that old Marine just wouldn't give up. And he wouldn't listen to this and I'm going to tell you something. You can't listen to all the voices of this day of time, honey. you got to let the word of God. And I'm telling you, I can't preach enough. We're not at this house enough for me to keep it preached in your heart and keep other things preached out of your heart. you got to get a fellowship and a relationship with the word of God and the God of this book. I know you're busy. I know you got bills to pay. But I'm here to tell you, whenever that day that we sung tonight, when that rapture takes place and you left her, none of that ain't going to mean nothing. That ain't going to mean nothing to us if we're left here. We drive up in this parking lot. <laughs> we look around and there's nobody here. All that other stuff ain't going to mean anything. Regardless of how much joy or pleasure it brought, it ain't going to mean a thing. That moment when realization sets in, praise God. <laughs> Man, I thought I'd do this real quick tonight. You can look at another time in Romans 15. I'll just hit the main verses. Romans 15 and 26. For it had pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contributions for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It had pleased them verily. And their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of the spiritual things, their duty is always to minister unto them in carnal things. Philippians 2 and 25 begins to talk about. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epiphanius. Amen. And here is my brother. Watch what he says about him. In compassion. Amen. In labor. Fellowship. In soldier. But your messenger. Listen to him. And he that ministered to my wants, for he longed after you all and was full of head and heaviness because that he had heard that he had been sick. Now they was wanting him to come back home. They heard that he was sick. They fell sick where he was with Paul and tried to minister to Paul and made himself doing this, made himself 
sick in doing this. Watch it. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But Paul had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And I sent him therefore the more carefully. Amen. Or willingly. Amen. I sent him that when he see him again. You may rejoice that I have made may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness. And hold such a reputation. Because of the work of Christ he was nigh unto death. Not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. He pushed himself almost to death. He almost killed himself to supply the lack to give it to Paul. That's one of the reasons Paul said sorrow upon sorrow. If he'd have died, amen, because of helping him and coming to his aid and assisting him, amen, and didn't make it back as a messenger, back to them Philippi's and back to that church, amen, he'd have felt responsible. But thank God, God raised him up, amen, even though he's willing to make that promise. I tell you, we're living in a generation in a world. There's something that slipped into this generation. They don't want to make no sacrifices. They don't want to make no commitments. They don't want to do any of those things. I talk about in the natural as well as in the spiritual. But we got to shake that off of us. We got to get the attitude and spirit. I'm willing to make the sacrifices. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing, amen, to spend and be spent. It's what Paul said. I'm willing to spend and be spent for the kingdom's sake. So this is what it's referring to. Again, in Hebrews 13 and 7. Remember them which have the rule over you. Who have spoken unto you the words of God. I believe here in this particular verse. He's talking to them, the spiritual leaders that have done passed on. Done died off the scene. But he's telling them to remember them. In Hebrews 13 and 7. Whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation. That conversation actually means conduct, mode, or style. Amen. When you talk about considering, that simply means looking up to. Amen. Contemplating and, and, and thinking about and pondering it who they were and remembering them. Amen. But when you go down to the 17th verse of the same chapter, obey them that have the rule over you. Those that are alive and well now that's among you. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. I'm telling you, is there ever been a time that we got to get back to submitting? It doesn't matter what my opinion is. It doesn't matter my likes or dislikes. If the man of God preaches me the word of God, that's the way it is. It don't matter what grandma said. It don't matter what grandpa said. It don't matter what this one says or that one says. Amen. The word of God is the word of God. And I'm going to submit myself unto it. And I'm going to obey it. It hasn't changed. He said to come out from among them. You can't love the world and the things of the world and live for God. I haven't changed the lines. I hadn't added or to take from them. I practiced and preached what I did 27 years ago and also when brother Parker's here when brother Buford's here brother Fuquay was here we're preaching the same old doctrine we believe in the same old thing honey we haven't added or taken from it it ain't something strange or something new honey if you don't love it baby you ain't loving a long time but I'm gonna tell you a lack of that love is gonna get you in trouble We'll go back to First Thessalonians 5 and 13. To esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. But watch this last part. And be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. This ought to be the most peaceful place that you can bring your family. 
as far as the body of Christ. As far as from that, the pew to this pulpit. It ought to be the most peaceful place there is. Praise God. I could have went back to first sandwich. I'm going to skip that. We had a Sunday morning. I'm going to bypass it. Let it go. Man, I'm going to go all the way to First Timothy 6 and 1 and 8. I know it's 8.43. Please give me just a few minutes. I've got to try to get through with some of these doctrines. First Timothy 6, 1 and 8. It's the next time it starts. Let's address that a few minutes. That as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. Here, most believes that very easily these masters, your own masters, could have been pagan masters. But you still, in your conduct and how you, how you handled yourself, amen, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed, slandered. I'll tell you something. You need to respect and honor your boss, like him or not. That probably didn't go no further, but that's still the truth that's in there. You know why? Because it's not about you and I. As ambassadors, spiritual epistles of God, as saints of God and Holy Ghost filled people, especially if we claim to be on the altar. Listen to what he was writing to him again. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. That means to be slandered. You know, there's some things I would just take just for the name's sake. And for the gospel's sake. I'd just put a smile on and take it. And said, vengeance belongs to God. Now, you've got to know where that's at. Again, be led by the Lord. Be led by God. I know there's different opinions here, and I know that there's no telling what's going on in some minds out there right now. You might be thinking of this episode, that episode, whatever. But at the end of the journey, and when it's all said and done, I want to be able to leave there being called a Christian. At whatever cost. At whatever cost. When it's said and done. He goes from that. They have believing masters. Now watch this. He goes to believing masters. In other words, now both of them's got the hey, watch this servant. If you go back and do a study on that servant, boy, this day and time they don't like to use this term. But you know what most every translator put? I'm talking about all translators, your Bibles and your commentaries and everywhere. Slaves. We become as slaves unto the Lord, to his name, to his call. Okay? So believing masters. Let them not despise them. In other words, you know, they got the Holy Ghost and I got the Holy Ghost, man. Come on, what's the deal here? I just used me and Brother Brennan. I go to that hardware store, he's the boss. But I could get the attitude and the spirit. I'm his pastor and I got the Holy Ghost and he got the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to kick around and do nothing and get two or three more to take care of all this. That'd be very Christian-like. Be ever, but very Holy Ghost-like. That's what he's talking about. If anything that ought to have happened, I ought to work harder for him. 
Because that's my brother. And because of the Holy Ghost. And because the name of Jesus. I ought to be more willing to work harder. And put more into it. And make the sacrifices. Instead of writing down too much time. I ought to be trying to cut as much as I can. Is it that bad? (laughs) Let them not despise them because they are brethren. But rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefits. Everybody's going to benefit. Hey, watch this. Watch this. (laughs) Brother Kate, you're going to get up here and get singing. I don't know, it may be the prophecy. I don't know if it's feeling the prophecy of God. I don't know. But you know what? Here's the deal. When he gets up and gets singing, you know what I need to be doing? God bless him. God anoint him. Use him, God. You know why? Because I'm going to benefit with him. Okay? And it doesn't matter if it's Cade Roberts. Doesn't matter if it's Micah. He's going to sleep over here on me. That's okay, buddy. Don't matter if it's Tristan. It don't matter if it's one of these young ladies. It doesn't matter who it is. If they are part of this assembly and a part of this body, you know what? I ought to pray just the same. I ought to get into it and pull for them just as much. Because if they're successful and God blesses them, God anoints them, and God gives them the song, it may be the very song that I needed. It may be the very song that my loved one needed. It may be the song that I guess that I brought with me that I'm desperately wanting to see them get the Holy Ghost could be the song, amen, that moves them. Hallelujah. Because God works through the whole body. Amen. To edify what? Not to edify the particular member, but to edify the body. That's what God's in the business about. Lord, I know my time's up, but man, I got. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm trying to hurry. Most of them. Any man teach others and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the third verse, and to the doctrines which is according to godliness. Watch him. He is proud. If any man teach otherwise. Okay. He is proud. Knowing nothing. In other words, he doesn't have any understanding. But doting about a man. Questions. Doting simply means giving attention. Amen. To questions and stripes of words. He'd rather bicker and argue and fuss. Amen. Be very contrary. Instead of edify the body. Or really build from the word of God. It's in here. It's in here. Amen. Strives of words. Whereof cometh envy and striving, railings and evil, comprising. So, so what is he saying? Suspicions. Amen. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. Amen. No, that's a behavior. When you talk about that perverse, that's a behavior in a way. Amen. It's unreasonable. It's unacceptable. It's just their makeup. It's just who they are. That's the reason the Bible says don't put your pearl before the swine. There's some people you're wasting your time and energy to try to witness to them. When God tells you to leave them alone, I don't care how, who, what kin they are. I don't care how close they are to you, how much a friend they are to you. If God says leave them alone, the best thing you can do and I can do is walk off and leave them alone. All they're going to cause is strife and words and bickerings. and All they want to do is criticize and tear down. And 
I know it's Wednesday night, and I know it's a pretty good load here. You can stand. I know it's 850. I'm trying my best. <laughs> but godliness with contentment is great gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. You can't buy it. You don't hold a position. You don't have enough education. You don't have enough family or nothing else that can purchase this or buy this or put this in us. But godliness with contentment. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment let us therewith be content. Folks, I'm telling you. We're living in one of the most uncontented generations that they've ever been. They got more gadgets and more toys and entertainments than they ever had. And even in the Pentecostal ranks, we got more toys and gadgets and places to go and we go and we're still so God content. Because you know what? They were one place of true contentment. That's God in us. People are very uncontent as there's lack of God in us. Let's get back to it. I, I got some more, but I'm going to quit. I'm going to let you go. Amen. Do the homework, Ephesians 6, 5, and 8. Amen. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Let's be obedient. Let's honor one another. Let's, I'm not beating up nobody. I'm just telling you, the world and our, our society has, has, has worked on us about honor. Honoring one another. Respecting one another. Let's do it. Let's honor one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's lift one another's names up. It's God's will, God's anointing, God's touch, God's heartbeat. I'm praying for these neighboring churches. I'm praying God give them revival. Pour it out on them. Give them great leaders and great moves of God. Amen. They can talk about them all they want to. I'm going to pray for them. I pray, God, man, the truth, the truth, God. Amen. I, I pray for all the organizations. I say, God, if they got any hungry in there, God, they, something to stir up in them. They'd want it. That's what this is all about. We love you tonight. Appreciate you. Sorry for keeping you so long. Hopefully something was said here tonight to help us, amen, to honor one another, respect one another, especially elders. Amen. Come on, children, let's respect our elders. Amen. You need to do that. And you know what? Elders, let's earn their respect. It's going to mean something. Hallelujah. Being sensitive to God and to, to love of God and just loving people, reaching out to them, speaking to them, taking just a minute with them. Amen. We're not so busy that we can't do that. Really, we're not. Let's love one another. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissing the fear of the Lord. God bless you.